0: It's that time again, fellers. The Free Parking Show. Just a bunch of country boys who have a lot to say about sports. They invite you to call in, text, or just listen in. So pull up a comfy chair and crack open a beer. It's time to talk sports, chicks, and flicks.
1: All right, welcome to the Free Parking Show here on our Spreaker channel. Uh, We're glad to have you tonight here on Monday night for the Super Bowl recap. Uh, If you want to text in at any time of the show, we'd love to hear from uh, our fans as always. We have a new text in line uh, debuting tonight at 740-206-8850. Uh, give us you know send us a text there uh, let us know what you're thinking and you'll hear them uh, read live on the air uh, the, at first things first as always with our monday night shows we're gonna head into peter's reign here what do you got for us peter
2: all right well i thought about going a few different directions with this one and my final decision on this was about people hating on cam news and um <clears throat> pain naming. i've seen a lot of this going on on Twitter, on Facebook since uh, last night. I'll start with Peyton Manning. You know, a lot of people are saying he didn't deserve the Super Bowl because he played poorly all season long, and I, I do agree. He did play poorly, but where he if this is his final on top of it for him because there have been some years where he has had to carry teams with the offense because he hasn't had a defense, and yeah, I'll, I'll admit it. You know, it's, I think it's ridiculous that people are, are bashing him over, and I think people need to see Peyton Manning alone. He won a Super Bowl. He made plays when he had to. We didn't play great during the game. He played pretty bad, I thought. But um, you know, in certain situations when he had to make a play, he did not make a play. So people need to get off him about that. He's one of the all-time greats, so people need to live him belong. And then Cam Newton. Uh, you know, I understand people are upset with the way he acted after the game, but and I shared this article in the in our uh, online Facebook chat with you guys. I don't know if you guys got a chance to read it, but one of my uh, one of my that reads my stuff, and uh, one of my really good friends from back home. Um, we had a I had the conversation with them about this article. Peyton Manning, after they lost the scenes walked off the field, didn't shake anyone's hand. Now after the game, he did call Drew Brees they talked to him, and I, which is good. But why is it that when a guy like Peyton Manning, or even say Tom Brady, or somebody like that, walks off the field, doesn't shake anybody's hand? N- no one seems to care. But when a guy like Cam Newton walks away from a press conference because the Broncos are right across from him. And apparently, from what I understand, we're talking about how they stopped him. I don't know if they comes him or not. You know, I'm not sure that people get mad at him. And I think it's it's time that we have to either start treating every single NFL player the same way when it comes to things like these, unless they're habitual um, you know, offenders of, of just being a poor sport, which I think Cam Newton isn't anymore. I think he's handled winning and losing very well. But when a guy that wins all the time does it, it's not a big deal. And I think... It's just kind of annoying now that you see a guy like Cam Newton, who's young and upcoming, gets bashed. But a guy like Peyton Manning does it, and it's not a big deal. And Peyton Manning has done some pretty, in my opinion, some stupid stuff after games, throwing his team under the bus after losing to the Steelers a couple of years ago in the wild card round, or the uh, divisional round, to the Steelers. And he didn't want to take any of the blame for not being able to point out where the Steelers defenders were, where Palomalu was coming from never his fault during that game so i think it's time that we need to start treating all players equally when it comes to the way they act after games cam noon isn't the thug which people are calling him i want to check he's not beating women beating kids killing dogs getting arrested for drunk driving uh possibly threatening to kill his girlfriend and himself he's not a thug and i think that's just a new insult that people like to throw at players they don't like or they're trash cam noon is a great player he's classy he- he loves that you know. He loves to get kids and families involved in the football game, So the hatred of both Manning and Newton needs to stop. It was a great game. Leave them both alone, and just respect greatness and and top tier talent when you see it. That's all I got to say. It just aggravates me when I when I go on Twitter and Facebook and I'm seeing racist rants, rants against Manning, rants against Newton. Obviously the racist ones racist ones are against Newton, but nobody's standing up to stop and say anything. Just people need to learn to just be respectful and respect greatness in my opinion that's that's what i think in my, and i you know i'll turn it over to you, to you guys now and let me know what you think
1: i'm going to completely agree with what you said there peter uh 100% agree with a lot of that there you know <clears throat> i think that you know both these quarterbacks did not have a good performance in this game but i think it has in large part due to these great defenses that's something i, I saw a lot of was Oh well, look how bad Peyton was. Look how bad uh, Cam Newton was. It's like that's because those defenses were good, you know. That's that shows you how good these defenses exactly were. Praise Von Miller. I mean, look at how well Von Miller played in that game, at how good Ware was, at how good Luke Kuechly was. Um, there was a lot of Norman had a great game in that. There was a lot of defensive uh, defensive guys on both or both defenses that had excellent games in there. And that game, like all game long. Uh, you know that's what I think they should be praised. Definitely, I think that they're getting short sold on this because everybody wants to focus on the quarterbacks. But these defenses is what made that game. And then the other point that I br- you bring up, and then I don't want to get like too serious in the show. Uh, you know, we like to keep it lighthearted here. But I think that that race base plays a big issue or plays a big role in how uh, Cam Newton is seen and, and by the general public. You know, he's seen as a, People are still referring to him as a thug, and he, and he is uh, nothing close to that at all. He is a very classy guy, and yeah, he did leave the uh, the interview uh, yesterday. But uh, that's the hardest thing there is to do in football is to lose the Super Bowl. There's nothing harder. Maybe retiring, um, it would be harder. But uh, you know, this is the hardest thing he's ever had to f- deal with professionally, um, and you know, it, it didn't look good on him. Uh, it did look like a you know like a little pouty, but. He, that's a hard thing to do. Is to just grind the whole season. They lost one game the whole season, and 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 to do everything that he did. I mean, he he scored so much. He, he did everything for his team. Running the ball, passing the football. How many times did Cam Newton get hit this season? Um, and that whole grind through that, and and then to come up short at the very end. That's very that's rough. That's hard to go through. So you know, I I kind of understand that. Um, but he's not a thug, and I think that you know that. His race plays a giant part in that, but he has shown nothing but class this season. Uh, you know, it, 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 someone that a lot of your kids that follow the NFL, uh, they have a great role model in Carolina uh, with Cam Newton because I think he's just he's an outstanding person.
0: You know, I, I'm going to agree, too. I, I don't agree. You know, we'd we like to... You saw the memes come out over the whole Michael Jordan crying and HGH stuff, and and but you got to respect the players on the field for one, even as a fan. I mean, I respect Peyton Manning. I always love when he loses. I know he's 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 probably gonna retire, which we'll get into that a little bit more. But I mean, as far as Cam Newton goes, you can see. What he's done. And believe it or not, a lot of people want to call Camden a thug, but he goes down to Charlotte every year when he's down there, buys turkeys for the people that need them over Thanksgiving. He does so much for that community. You know, he's just having fun on the field. That's all it is to it. I, I have nothing against what he does on the field or what he does as a person. And I, and I agree with you 100% on that one. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'm
1: going
3: to go the other way. I'm going to, like, Disagree. I'm fifty. going to disagree at 50% with each question because I do think that Pate Manning, absolutely, yes, he he needed another ring. Do I think he deserved it? Like, I don't know. Did he? Because his postseason stats, I understand how good he's been in the regular season and teams that he's put on his shoulders. But he's never even had, like, postseason-wise, he's not had good runs. Like, at all. Even in their Super Bowl, uh, when they went against Chicago, not a great run. Defense carries him. Like, yeah, no, he earned, he deserves it. He's what he's done for the game and what he's revolutionized. It, yeah, I think he deserves it for what he means to football. But statistically, I don't, I just, I don't feel like he necessarily deserved it. And as far as Cam Newton goes, yeah, no, I, I don't care that nec- he walked off the stage like with the questions. That doesn't bother me, but uh, it irritates me a little bit that. He did it because, what, a keep to labor. Chris Harris was saying something about him? Like, I get it. I do. But I know, I know it's a game, but there are business obligations, and you're supposed to be a leader to your team. And you're going to let just, you know, I understand it's a devastating loss. You went 15-1. and one, You were steamrolling through the playoffs. And I, I know you, you don't want to that's The last place you want to be is answering questions for everyone to read the next day. But at the same time, you gotta do it, and letting someone get under your skin and kind of affect your leadership there—I don't know. Like, yeah, he's a good role model, but you don't want to see kids seeing that he can't like handle it, and if someone talks bad about him, he just, you know, gets up and walks off, and just—I don't know. It's weird to me.
1: I have like one more thing to add on. Like, Amos said, there it didn't deserve it, but it's the Super Bowl, and I think a lot of people getting caught up in this and looking at it this way. The Super Bowl is not an individual award it's the representation of a team um and you know everybody talks about this especially with quarterbacks and uh, that it's a, a defining factor and, and to me it's not at all like I think Dan Marino is better than you know 90% of the quarterbacks that have ever won a Super Bowl and there's no question in my eyes that I, I think Dan Marino is far better quarterback than Terry Bradshaw and Terry Bradshaw won four Super Bowls so I think that you know, a lot of people you know got away from that. And the other thing is the uh, "What have you done for me lately?" You know, um, but that's just the NFL, and that's not going to change. You know, but Peyton Manning has had what 18 long years, a uh, uh, very successful, very you know good, uh, smartest quarterback I think I've ever seen play the game. Uh, and then he's had one bad year. Uh, you know, or you can say two bad years because his rookie year he he wasn't really great. But so two bad years in 18 years and. And people hate on him all season long. But I wanted to ask you guys real quick about this. Did you guys see last night after they won, they interviewed him on the field, and he said, I'm going to go, like, kiss my wife, hug my kids, and going to go drink a lot of Budweiser. Or, you know, I'm going to go drink a lot tonight, go drink Budweiser. And then they had him on the stage, and he said the exact same thing. Did you know that Peyton Manning owns two Budweiser distribution plants? and like that was completely to, to put money in his pocket like that was advertising
2: yeah, yeah no, that it was good i, didn't go for and that and that. I, I seen I, that
1: today <laughs> doesn't that blow your mind yeah I, don't, I, I didn't particularly
2: it yeah. does yeah I didn't know that about him I just assumed to owned Papa John's because he does a lot of advertising and I think he owns something like 19 or 20 Papa John's stores in the Denver area if I'm not mistaken if I, if I read right online a few months ago it's probably more at this point but that was crazy. I was like, you know, if I win the Super Bowl, I'd want to drink something better than Budweiser, in my own opinion. You know, I'm I'm having a Sam Adams right now as we speak, and I'd rather have that after a Super Bowl win than Budweiser, but that's, that's just how I look at it. Oh,
1: well, yeah, it's better than water. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, better than water. <laughs> so one last point I want to bring up on the whole noon thing is, and and this is just the way I see it. In the sixties and, and before that the N word was used to put down African Americans. I feel like now in the NFL or any sport swimming league, when somebody uses the word thug to put down a player of color that they don't like, I feel like I feel like it's using the N word in my opinion. Now, people might not agree with me but I mean Cam Newton, he he has a very likable personality. I don't know why people don't like him and I I when he was in college I didn't like him because of uh, some of the stuff that was uh, going on about his past and what was going on when he was there. Um, you know, obviously the laptop case in Florida and then the alleged uh, the, uh, pay-for-play stuff. But when he came to the NFL, I said, okay, you know, I'll give him a chance because we all make mistakes. And as soon as he was on the field lining it up and he had a big smile on his face and he was out there having fun, I said, you know what, He's a, he seems like a really nice guy. He likes to have fun. And I think I just let the media kind of – I never thought he was a terrible, terrible person, but I thought, man, I wouldn't want to touch him with a ten foot pole with number one overall pick with a kind of a weird pass. But the more I thought about it, you know what? Give him a chance. And like Rich said, he does a lot for the community there in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I think it's and I think it's nice to see somebody that has had his own struggles, um, you know, obviously with people putting a target on his back, wanting to help other people struggling in other ways, people that don't have food for Thanksgiving, people that you know, or maybe having a tough time and he gives football to kids after every touchdown because I think him Newton understands the fans are what makes the players and that's what I like about him.
1: I agree with so, that completely I, you know,
2: I appreciate him.
1: I, I was gonna say I completely yeah, I, with that I appreciate completely. him. Go ahead, Ryan. You yeah, you don't you don't ever hear the word thug when they talk about football players, you don't ever hear it uh, used uh, for white players. No one ever refers to a white player as a thug. It's used for mainly black, and, and sometimes Mexican, I remember when, or Hispanic, I should say. I remember when um, Aaron Hernandez got in trouble. Everybody used the word thug, but you don't ever hear it. They don't use it for white guys. It's not. So I th- I agree with you there. That's a good point. But we did have one, our first text into the night um, from the 740 area code and says, Peyton's Budweiser advertising was douchey. <laughs> so someone does not approve definitely there. <laughs> Maybe a Carolina fan. <laughs>
0: I, and the sad part is, I think he said that DeMarcus Ware was even buying. I was like, what kind of crap is that? He's sitting there promoting, and then you're going to make your teammate buy it?
1: It was Von you know, Miller. Don, it
0: was Von Miller. Yeah, or somebody yeah. was, yeah, Von Miller. He was going to make Von Miller pay for the beer. And I'm like, you could probably get it for free, dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... I all right, so, so before I hand us back, I'm going to – let's uh, uh, go ahead, Peter.
2: I think Amos had something to say. I wanted to let him see what you had to say there real quick.
3: Oh, yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree that that's definitely what it's used for. But, uh, I, I don't know if anybody or the NFL would ever be able to prove, like, the context that it's taken out from, like, an outside, like, legal point of view, but, yeah. Now, that's something that probably needs to be uh, calmed down especially I don't know it's ridiculous in this time and age that people still act like that and, you know oh you got a problem with Cam Newton like why like I don't know I just got a problem with some of the stuff he does like why <laughs> you know and you know what the answer is you just want to hear him admit it to themselves and as far uh, the only problem I have with the, uh, as previously stated the only thing I have a real problem with because of the stage thing is because like the whole falling down on the field like it made me laugh but like come on man one or the other
2: Yeah, it's yeah. it has to be one or the other. So now we're, we're going to stay on the topic of quarterbacks here. And the reason why is because we all know Peyton Manning possibly is going to be going out on top, assuming that this was his final game. So, I mean, the way I'm trying to word this question, I suppose, is why don't we just talk about Peyton Manning? And my so my thought was if this is it for him, Good for him. It's the way he should go out, and I think anybody who has a career like him should go out on top because of the way he did play the game. Now, I've been harder on him. I'm not exactly a big Manning fan because I think at the time he has deflected blame, but I will give him this. He has played phenomenal football, for, except for the rookie year he had in this past year. He played some great football. Yes, has he struggled on the playoffs? Yes, he has. And I've been very consistent about giving him a hard time for that because, now not all the games are his fault there have been a few but i will say this his regular season statistics are off the chart he's played in four super bowls he's brought he's helped quarterback two teams two different teams to two two super bowls winning one with each team i mean that's to me that's incredible and i think he speaks volumes about how hard he how hard he works and you heard him after the game saying you know this whole team fought hard you know and he gave a lot of credit to his teammates which i like and i think if this is it for him, good for him. Now, if this is not this is not the last game for him, I think the question now becomes is what will Peyton Manning, you know, what what will be the what will he be doing next year? Cuz I don't, I'm not really sure if anyone will be willing to pick him up for another season based on how he played this past year. Unless you have a team that has a run game and a defense like Denver does. So I'm not really sure what team would make sense for him unless he goes somewhere and backs them up um, and helps a young rookie quarterback or a young quarterback grow. But knowing Peyton Manning the way we all know him, just through interviews and how he's played the game, he's going to want to start. He's not going to want to play second fiddle with somebody, um, in my opinion. But who knows? You know, maybe he will. Maybe I want to help somebody grow and become great. I'm not really sure. So, um, Ryan, what do you think? I mean, do you think this is not for him? And if not. Then what do you think the future holds for Peyton Manning if he decides to come back for another year or maybe
1: even two? Well, first thing is, is absolutely hats off to the Sheriff. I mean, the guys, uh, you know, one of the greatest careers um, ever, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever played the game, absolutely. Uh, probably the smartest QB knowledge that we – or, you know, I mean, uh, football knowledge that we've ever seen. Football IQ through the roof. Uh, you, I mean, I don't think anybody knows the game better than him. Um and you know, growing up watching him play, uh, even as a Tennessee Titans fan, because he spent most of his career beating up on us uh, pretty bad, it, it was still it was it was awesome to see the the way he has the respect for the game, and uh, and it was definitely I think this is it for him. I think this is uh, the last one, the last game that he's ever played in. Um, you're not gonna get many chances to go out like that. You know, that out of all of uh, all every single Hall of Famer quarterback ever, only John Elway has retired after winning a Super Bowl. That's it. That's the end of the list out of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So the the chance to go out on top like this is very rare. Um, you know, it's it doesn't happen for everybody. So I think that you will see him retire um, from playing. But Peyton's got that drive, and he's got the intelligence. And, I, and as much as I'd love, I'd love for him to be in a broadcast booth. I was talking about it last night when I was watching the Super Bowl with, with my friends and my family. I'd love to hear him and everything that he would have to say about the game. Uh, you know, because you would get so much insight into the game from a guy that knows the game that well. Um, but I think that he's too much of a competitor. I think that he's going to want to be on the sidelines. Or be a general manager, be an offensive coordinator, or head coach. Uh, you know, stay around the game in some fashion like that. Because uh, I think he'd rather compete um, than sit in the in the broadcast booth. I think that's the type of guy he is. Um, so I think you will see him uh, try to stay around the the game of football in a competitive standpoint, whether that be offensive coordinator, coach, or a general manager or front office, something like that. I will say this, though, uh, you said about him not being able to come back. uh, Playing-wise, I don't think, if he decides that he wants to come back player-wise, I don't think he'll have a place in Denver. I don't think that the Broncos are going to keep him on there. I think that they're going to look to move forward here. But I do think there is a couple teams out there that could use Peyton Manning even know that he had the bad season like that, and not I could use is probably the wrong wording, but could benefit from him being there. Um, the you know a couple teams that come to mind are the Cleveland Browns, the the Houston Texans, teams that don't have these giant markets that Peyton Manning going to sell tickets. Um, especially you know if he announces at the beginning of the season or something that's his last year. I mean look at everybody going to see going to see Kobe, you know shoot what, like 30% <laughs> field goal percentage now in his last season. Uh, everybody wants to go see it, you know, because it's the last time you ever get to see Kobe. Um, and I think if you did something like that, then uh, then you'd have immense value just from a ticket selling st- standpoint and how weak the, the this draft class is at quarterback. Uh, me and Amos have talked about it before on the Beers and Cheers show. Uh, There's really no quarterbacks that stick out of this draft class that are impressive. So you could get Peyton Manning for one year and, you know, probably not make the playoffs, probably not be that great of a team, uh, but sell a ton of tickets on the farewell tour, and then, you know, next season get the quarterback of the future, um, which for an owner wouldn't be a a dumb move to make. Well, I know the Rams are reportedly
2: interested in bringing him in.
0: And, yeah. you know, it's funny you yeah, mentioned no, I... the Rams. Now, I was going to say, it's funny you mentioned the Rams. Oh, my bad. I'm going to leave it on this. Uh, no, you're all right. I'm going to leave it at this. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. When I got up this morning, I drove into class. I was listening to the, the 98.1, which is a local ESPN station, and the guy that does the score really liked the guy born and raised in the area, huge Panthers fan, but besides the point, I texted the show and I asked him, I said, is seriously, I said, is Peyton Manning going to retire? Is he seriously going to consider coming back? He he thinks he's done, and at the same time, out of the teams you mentioned, he's you know he even mentioned Nick Foles. He said, would you take Nick Foles over? He said, would you say Peyton Manning's better and better than Nick Foles at this point? He said, I don't know about that. He went down he said, would you to Say that Peyton Manning is healthier than you know healthier than Brian Hoyer at this point. He said, "I don't know about that. I mean, because we all saw what what Brian Hoyer did in the in the playoffs this year, where he laid an egg. They don't have that defense. I think he was basically saying that they don't have the defense built around him like they did in Denver to help carry him like that. He said, if he if he goes to another team that doesn't have that stellar defense, it's not looking at a quarterback position." He's not gonna last the season, just for the simple fact of his health. He says old age hit him quickly. He thinks he's done, and and, you know you've seen the last of Peyton Manning. And you know I I posted on my wall last night: he's an idiot if he doesn't retire. You know I respect Peyton Manning for everything he's done for for the league. Like Amos said earlier, greatest regular season quarterback of all time. But when you get in the playoffs, you know that. Let's be realistic, and I'm going to touch on what Amos said. You had the number one defense going in. You really didn't do much that year. Heck, Brock Osweiler, and he even said Brock Osweiler would have, the guy on the radio show responding to my text, he said Brock Osweiler would have started that game, and they still would have won. So that just goes to show you that that this season for the Broncos was not about, you know, Peyton Manning, you know, being Peyton Manning. It was about helping him. Get that last championship, and hats off to John Elway. Uh, you know, but really, if you were going to give a lead an MVP, which we'll talk about later, I probably would have handed it to one of the coaching staff members over that. But I, I just don't see Peyton going back. And it's like you said, you're looking at Cleveland, you're looking at, uh, like Peter said, uh, um, the the Rams, and then the Texans. But they don't have that D. De- I don't think they have that team, that defense to carry them.
3: Yeah, no, I'm actually going to agree with just about all that because Peyton Manning is smart. Probably, hands down, probably the smartest quarterback to ever play the game. I think when you look at it from a, like a retirement standpoint, is you know you got you another ring, you're going out. Yeah, you know, I mean you really are. You're going out on top. You're going out like every quarterback does when I go out. And I mean I don't see the like what's the reward really? Like yeah, there's that one chance of possibly getting back and making it to the Super Bowl. But any team that, you know, is going to be a playoff competitor next year is probably already doesn't need Peyton Manning. And I think if he goes to a place like the Rams or something, yeah, I think it's just a risk. And I, I think Peyton Manning's smart enough to not risk, like, looking just having a bad record, not being able to do anything. And then injury. You know, he's like, we all know about the neck surgeries, and, you know, a not-so-good team's probably not going to have a very good offensive line. And I, I do agree. I think he's extremely competitive, and some tells me he will find his way in broadcasting or some kind of position i if he got a coordinator job i'd be a little surprised i think he would probably try to go for something a little higher than that but i guess even everyone has starting part uh, has to have a starting point if you are paid manning but no i i completely agree i think there's no risk or there's no reward or the yeah i just uh, i don't see how it turns out any better for him than what it did this year
2: Yeah, I think it's time for Manning to hang it up. But if he does go somewhere else, I know the Rams have been interested in him, which would be kind of interesting. So, and now that we've talked about the quarterbacks and everything, I think it's time to change focus over to the game. Uh, I think we should start with the with the Panthers. I think had they done a better job of taking care of the football, not you know fumbling it and throwing it away. On that one interception, although that, that interception was, I, I think it was when Newton threw it too hard and it was picked off. Imagine if Carolina had recovered that fumble by, by Ward. I think it would have put the whole game. Um, I think Carolina on top of the miscues of turnovers. The the special teams play where they thought the guy Bear caught the ball and he took off and almost scored a touchdown. Also hurt them too. It was just a lot of miscues by both teams, but the Panthers really hurt themselves with their with their turnovers. Um, nothing, in, in my opinion, nothing was worse than that fumble. where Cam Newton stood there and didn't try to dive on the ball. I don't know what happened on that play, uh, but I honestly think the Panthers just gave this game away. Now, that's not to take anything away from Denver, because that defense was built to do it, and the offense was built to put up points on the board, even if it's just field goals off the turnovers. But I think when you really look at it from a whole, whole picture, Carolina's offense did a... A bad job of ball security in which event which in my opinion cost them the game i mean ryan do you agree with that what, what do you think about the panthers overall performance in the Super Bowl? you know what would you grade it what, what do you think was the reason why they lost
1: oh, you couldn't have said it any better um ball security wise why they lost this game there's uh, there's two reasons i think and definitely the first one is the turnovers the second one being the penalties um if you look at the stats, it clearly it, it shows you the story. Uh, Carolina had 315 total yards. Denver had 194, so they far outgained the Broncos. Um, uh, if you look at third down conversions, they were three for 15. Carolina was, which isn't great, but Denver was one for 14. Uh, Carolina also had like a, a five minute over five minute advantage in time of possession. Uh, so really what this came down to was the turnovers and when not only the uh, turning over the ball but when they did it uh you know those turnovers were all all four turnovers were on their side of the field you know it set it set them up with points um you know every single time that denver got the ball you know is even though they were unable to score except for the one turnover um you know, of course the fumble that they fell on in the end zone, which was their only touchdown of the game, but every other time and it led to a field goal, uh, you I mean you cannot let that happen. Um in, in any game, let alone the Super Bowl. The four turnovers, then if you look at the penalties as well, Denver had six penalties for fifty one yards, Carolina had twelve for a hundred and two yards. Uh when you're doubling, I mean they literally doubled Denver's penalty yardage. That's not you're not going to win games like that uh, when you have to, you know, when you have to keep coming back from uh, stupid mistakes and stupid penalties and 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 stuff like that. Um, you know, the, definitely the the turnovers were was the key though. That was obviously the big thing. Um, the The interception that you meant to TJ Ward really wasn't Cam Newton's fault. He did kind of throw it in there a little too hard. Uh, but that was a catchable ball, and it should have been caught. Um, of course, went off of his hands. Uh, T.J. Ward caught it off the deflection. Then fumbled it, and Denver was able to still keep possession. And they were what inside like the 15-yard line at that point. Uh, go, or going the opposite direction, so that one kept them from scoring. Like the other, all the other turnovers were on their own side of the field. Like it just it hurt them so much with field position. Um, You know, and gave Denver such a huge advantage. Uh, That's what I saw someone uh, put this morning that I thought was pretty funny. It's it's pretty true if you think about it that the defensive MVP of this game uh, for Denver is obviously Vaughn Miller. The offensive MVP for this game is tied between, uh, for Denver. Uh, is tied between Cam Newton and McManus, their kicker, uh, because of the turnovers <laughs> and that, the Tolbert fumble. And I um, mean that one fumble, that Cam, Cam Newton, that he clearly jumps back. You know, he's heading towards it and clearly jumps. And I've heard some people say that, like, all oh, he thought that it was going to bounce a different direction. I'm not buying that at all. Uh, I've heard some people today as well, some former players saying that, you uh, you know, in practice, you don't go after those balls. As a as a quarterback in practice, you don't go after those. Because, you know, the risk of getting hurt is is not worth it. The, you know, the risk of someone stepping on your hand or, or whatever, it's just not worth it. And that's uh, pretty much NFL-wide, you know, you don't do that. So some people have said maybe he just instinct, he didn't go after the ball um, because of that and not really thinking about the moment or whatever. Um, and that could be, you know, I don't know. I'm not in Cam Newton's head when he's playing the game, but that is unacceptable. Whatever the reasoning, it was either he needs to focus more on the game or or he needs to man up because that was that was pretty awful. I mean, you clearly see him jump back uh, out of it and, and not try to fight for that fumble. This is the Super Bowl, and and it was a, it was a key play, obviously a huge play, uh, shift of momentum um, back to the Broncos and. You got. It. You have to fight for that football. Uh, even if you don't have a good chance at it, you have to fight for that football. Uh, you know, it's. I I couldn't believe it. Now I've rewatched it today, and it it is bad. It is bad how that looks, uh, for Cam Newton. Yeah, no,
3: I I agree. Uh, the turnovers. God, just, and especially uh, Mike Tolbert, man, I was really, I think he really surprised me with not being able to hold on to that ball. I just, I thought, I thought the momentum obviously just shifted so much with his fumbles. Uh, every time they seemed to get something going and they put it in his hands, he, <laughs> he just couldn't hold on to it, man. It cracked me up a little bit. I was like, oh. And I just, yeah, the turnovers, the penalties, and just dumb, dumb penalties. Like, what are you doing? And I understand it's close and it's the Super Bowl. You got to do everything you can do to try to get it, but you got to be smart. And I just, I, and game times, I mean, it was just, it was weird to see such a good defense and on both sides of the ball. And, but just Carolina just kind of just crumbled. It was, I don't know, Keekly, the hit on uh, Demarius Thomas was probably my favorite play of the game. But defensively, you know, at, they did all they could do on offense, just couldn't get going. When they did, they turned it over. Cam Newton really, like his performance reminded me of, I mean, we, we've we all played Madden here at some point. It reminded me of like Cam Newton played franchise mode, turned himself to a 99, played on all pro <laughs> all the way through, and then turned the Super Bowl onto all Madden and could not handle the situation.
1: <laughs> and
3: it like wouldn't let him quit out of it. <laughs> As cool. far as Denver goes, yeah, I mean, there's not too much to complain. They're pro- they're lucky that, that, I mean, Wade Phillips just two weeks in a row playing lights out on that defense, calling right, or right plays. It's just absolutely insane, and I don't think anybody can give him enough credit. It's something like 21 defensive coordinators got hired before he was able to get a job. And seeing the way he's reformed, made-up schemes in the playoffs for his that defense, it's just been absolutely – I mean, it's been out of this world. And it's awesome to see him actually kind of get back in and probably get his confidence back in being a coordinator or coach. Offensively, yeah, didn't have to do much. If they did, if Carolina had been scoring, I think obviously it would been a different game. But I don't know if Peyton would be able to hold up with it. I know he's very, very smart. But I don't know, the receivers just weren't getting open for him a lot. And timing issues. Overall, though, I did not expect it, but yeah, good game.
0: So before I get into the breakdown, I don't want to be the one that says I told you so. I think <laughs> out of all the seven people that were on the pre game show yesterday, I was the only one that picked Denver, even though I said, I, now I was cheering for Carolina. I did say that, but I said somehow, some way, Denver was going to win this game. This is what happened. I saw Cam. What I saw from Cam Newton was the same thing I saw from Tom Brady through the first three and a half, three and a half quarters of that football game. He looked flustered. He looked didn't look comfortable in that pocket. And when he did run it, it was kind of like he didn't want to. And you saw a lot of a lot of hesitation that you haven't seen all year. And it just amazes me. And Ryan, you touched on it. You've got to jump down for that ball. It just has to happen. The turnovers were killing them too. I think, and, and uh, uh, the penalties, Amos, you're right. I mean, it was like, I'm sitting there watching the game. How many false starts were there? It was like six or seven false starts. And I'm sitting there thinking the stadium's not even that loud and you're committing false start penalties. Because, you know, when you're in a Super Bowl, it's not really loud because it, you get a lot of the, the millionaires that get tickets to the game that don't even care about football. And then you get the actual fans that pay ridiculous prices. So it's like a mixed crowd, and I'm sitting there watching Michael Orr, all these offensive linemen jumping the gun, illegal formations. And I'm just like, either they weren't prepared or they were just nervous, one of the two. And I got a question from one of my friends. He asked me the same thing. He said, what is going on with Cam Newton? Why isn't he not getting in gear? And I said, well, you've got to ask yourself the same question. (laughs) That Denver defense is ridiculously nasty. You have Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware, Derek Wolf was getting on it, in on the action. Uh, what's the other guy's name? The other def the other defensive end, uh, Malik Jackson, who's now a free. I mean, well, yeah, the other guy I can't, I can't remember his name. Then you've got the secondary who was playing pretty well. Not to leave did have some crucial. You know, he has some stupid penalties, and I'm you know. I think they probably pulled him to the side and said, Yo, man, you gotta calm your ass down. This is a Super Bowl. You you costing us. And you can sit there and, and you know, I thought about it even more today because I the the catch, but we can talk about the catch all night long and whether it was a catch or wasn't whether it wasn't a catch. And it's kinda like at this point, who the hell knows what a catch is in the NFL anymore? That call could have gone either way. I personally thought it was a catch, and that probably was one of the momentum swings. Then, Carolina, on one of their better drives, they get all the way down inside the red zone. Uh, I think it was a holding penalty on Roby that should have been called and wasn't. And then they're all just, you know, it's kind of like, really, we're going to go this way. Then they missed field goal, but then when they showed the replay, it keeps the lead jumps off sides. But then, you know, you can sit there and blame all the penalties you want to, but turning the ball over four times should have been five, but, you know, it was a Denver penalty that annulled the inter- one, of Cam's inter- one of Cam's three interceptions that eventually got turned down to two. And, and like I said, when I look at Carolina's defense, they, they like you said, uh, Luke Keekley played well. Josh Norman was all over that field last night. Same with Denver secondary. They, it was just an out, out, one of the best defensive games I've seen in a very long time in terms of the Super Bowl. Really, really low scoring. You know, it was great to see the smash mouth, you know, keep the guys at the line of scrimmage, don't give them anything, and, and that's what we saw. But, I mean, it just to me, and overall the Super Bowl just didn't have the excitement as we've seen in years past with the last-minute interceptions or the, you know, the last minute field goals, the last minute stuff like that. It, it was kind of, in the terms of being exciting. It was just kind of a letdown for me. But all in all, it, you know you. And like I said, Von Miller MVP, great selection. But I, I always say they should have gave it to Wade Phillips. Amos, you said it, you said it right on the money. That guy has coached his ass off the last two weeks of this season. Matter of fact, the, the last two games, all of the season. But you go back and you look at Peyton One last thing, and I'm going to pass it back off to Peter. You go back and look at Peyton Manning's stats this year. I think it was like, I don't know the completion percentage, but the touchdown to interception ratio, seven touchdowns to like 19 picks. I mean, it was basically I talked to a Denver fan at the gym today, and I said, what did you think of his performance? I said, well, he did what he was supposed to do. He didn't turn the football over. Then believe it or not, he's right. Peyton didn't turn it over against New England. Where he did No, he did turn over once against New England, but he didn't turn a football over at all, one turnover last night as well. So the mistakes that he made earlier in the year with the multiple game interceptions were limited. But, you know, you got to give credit to Carolina's defense for playing a great game, but Denver's defense was just outstanding. And if I'm voting for, uh, you know, vice president of football operations or whoever is doing the John Elway, you know, like you said, got a lot of credit for doing what he did to that defense.
2: <clears throat> yeah, John We definitely did do a lot. Um, Manning, uh, yeah, he lost a fumble to a pick last night. Uh, but, you know, losing fumbles as a quarterback is, you know, it's sometimes it's their fault, sometimes it's not, because sometimes they can't feel the pressure or they just can't get the ball out of their hands that fast. So Manning did have two turnovers last night, but I really can't put the fumble all on him because the office of Denver did have his issues last night. And then his season statistics was like, It was nine touchdowns to 17 interceptions, so it was almost a two-to-one ratio of interceptions over touchdowns. Uh, But four of those 17 came in one game. Um, So I really can't, you know, again, obviously I think the foot had a lot to do with those turnovers throughout the season. Uh, And speaking of the Broncos, I'm going to flip it over to Denver here. Rich, you, you pretty much touched on it already, but the defense of Denver is what really helped them win this game. You know, outside of Manning's two turnovers, I thought he played a pretty good game. He made the throws when he had to. Um, he, and, uh, you know, he, he did, he did what he was supposed to do out there. He just, he managed the game pretty well. I thought he checked. I'm pretty sure he changed the uh, calls a couple times. I thought he did a good job orchestrating that offense. And then, as I said, defensively, Rich, you touched on this. The defense was just all I me. Mean, Marcus Ware and, and Von Miller coming off the edge to come after Cam Newton. It's just incredible the play that defense made. Special teams, that guy, you know, everyone thought he caught it and he realized what was going on and took off down the field. So all around Denver played a good game. The only thing that Denver didn't do very well was some of the penalties that keep Talib had. if I'm not mistaken, he had at least one personal foul, if not two personal fouls. but, you know, at the at the end of the day obviously I think the defense stood up for it. And in the offense, yeah, they struggled but they, they got the ball at the middle goal range, so that's you know, that's that. So uh, Ryan, I mean, what do you think about the Broncos' uh, Super Bowl performance as a whole? You know, what what made them win? Uh, what stood out to you in your mind?
1: Uh, there's a lot of things, really, and, and some of them have been touched on a little bit. But I want to start out here with the people that I think deserve uh, the most credit here. Uh, firstly, to me, the first guy, the guy that pops in my mind is John Elway uh, for building this team. Uh, you know, bringing in where, bringing in. Uh, the coaching stuff that they got with Kerry Kubiak and uh, with Wade, you know, uh, uh, Wade Phillips coming in and really, really leading. What was it? A stellar defense. I texted you guys yesterday as we were watching the game. It this is the best defense that we've seen since the you know early two thousand Ravens team. Uh, I don't think that we've we've seen a defense since uh, since then that's better than this. They play lights out. They're phenomenal. Um, Uh, So Gary Kubiak, Wade Phillips definitely deserve a lot of credit, which is funny because you look at uh, Gary Kubiak just lost his job two years ago uh, to the Texans. Wade Phillips uh, had to wait a year before getting that job uh, where nobody won him. They said something like 26 defensive coordinator positions were filled uh, before Wade Phillips got another chance. Uh, it, it, unbelievable that you know that these guys like set off like that and and then come on a, into this uh, system and and what the work that they did. Uh, and John Elway deserves a lot of credit because the personnel decisions were amazing. You have Von Miller coming off one side, DeMarcus Ware coming off the other. It, it's just brilliant what they've been able to do with that. Uh, the, these two guys are phenomenal. Uh, very physical, very athletic guys. Uh, and that spin move last night. Uh, that Von Miller made on that one sack, where he got the half sack, was unbelievable. I mean, like, there's not—I don't—I don't care who you are. There's not a right tackle alive that's making that block. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things that pop up in my mind. The first thing, Von Miller winning MVP, I think was very deserved. Um, I, you know, I didn't think there's anybody else that, that really kind of came close to the performance that he had. That and even though he had the, he had the was a two sacks or two and a half sacks, two f- uh, forced fumbles, uh, had a bit of an impact on the game. But he was in the backfield almost every snap, or he put a lot of pressure on Cam Newton, changed the game a lot. And another thing with that as well uh, that really popped in my mind this morning when I was thinking back on this is remember all of the problems that Von Miller had and all the off the field issues, and and to come back from all of that and come out and have the season that he had this year uh, and then get a Super Bowl MVP on top of that. Like, this is the building blocks of making everybody forget. Uh, you know, you, you, you keep your nose clean, keep grinding like you're doing, and you're going to make everybody forget that you were ever a problem off the field. Uh, the kid was amazing in that game, uh, had a great game. But really, I mean, Rich said it earlier, the coaching stuff. Wade Phillips deserves a lot of this credit. He had perfect game plan. Uh, his The pass rush played excellent. The secondary played great. Um, yeah, you know, the, I mean, everybody did exactly what they needed to do on that defense. On the other side of the football, their offense wasn't that impressive. Uh, C.J. Anderson was a workhorse but didn't, you know, shine. I mean, he had like, I think it was 3.9 average on uh 23 carries though which is uh, you know an impressive handle for um a cool running back these days especially and then of course Peyton Manning getting the 200th win which makes him first and wins all time um over Brett Favre uh which is you know a special achievement um for him and to do that on your last game like that kind of I almost it seems like fade or something that because uh, Brett Favre of course is at 199 so he this game is what set the record Uh real impressive that he was able to do that um, I don't know this this team just played did exactly what they had to do uh, all the pressure was on the defense and they I mean you look at the defense was responsible for the touchdown but they were also also responsible for two of those field goals Uh you know where they gave the offense the ball in great field position and they did nothing with it and they kicked the field goal so hats off to this defense as a whole hats off to Wade Phillips and Gary Kubiak and uh John Elway and Vaughn Miller uh who deserve a lot of the credit there they played an outstanding game
2: Good points Ryan right right yeah, my bad, my my on my <laughs> um
0: uh, I'm going to take it real quick because I'm not going to add too much to what Ryan said. No, it's okay. No, what I found funny at the end of this game, because, you know, you're watching the Super Bowl and you start chatting with other people throughout the internet and whatever, and I told one guy, I said, it's funny how uh, Ryan just mentioned that they were, you know, that defense was put in the spotlight. How many times did Peyton Manning and the Denver offense decide to run the ball three times and punt down the field and let their defense do their job? I think they went three and out intentionally like almost the entire fourth quarter, except for the when you know, the the turnover with uh that was inside the twenty that eventually resulted in that touchdown that can you know, the one that Cam Newton just decided, hey, I'm not a football player anymore. I'm not gonna jump down on the ball and get dirty. But I mean, other than that, it was just kinda like, Okay, we're just gonna I'm just gonna Peyton, just go ahead and hand the ball off. Our defense has this. We were. It's almost like they were confident enough to do that, and that's what that that just goes back to how great Wade Phillips called this game. I can't speak highly on what he did. I, I think he single-handedly got in the head of Cam Newton and the, the offensive coordinator, uh, uh, Dave Shula. Is that his name? Uh, Don Shula's son.
1: Mike. You know Mike they Shula. were
0: talking about it before the game about how Mike Shula. Okay, I know, I knew it was one of them. But it my you know, and it was just like, Wow, they're actually really gonna play the clock right here and it was fun the other thing that was funny is how the announcers, like uh, Phil Bill Sims and Jim Nance saying, you know, you know, towards the end of that game or even the analysts at the end said, had hey Carolina at least scored one more touchdown before that turnover. You may be looking at a different score, different Super Bowl champion, but that's just how great that Denver defense was. They didn't give an inch or you know, they they were, they were, did their job. It was just so phenomenal to watch them work like that.
3: I think the biggest thing for uh, Denver, I, I really do, was when Peyton Manning got benched and Osweiler comes in, he has to sit. I, I think more than anything that helped that team, honestly, was the willingness of Peyton Manning to kind of just sit back and let the defense take over to know that he, like he understands the physical skill set not there but he's competitive and that's what he's done and for him to be able to accept like hey all right I can't do this anymore but this defense is lights out so we need to kind of I need to give the reins over to them and let them kind of take over the special teams cuz I even think at one point I think during the when Denver played the Browns they brought it up that like Denver's defense and special teams had outscored the Denver offense at that point like Forty-eight to like forty-three or something crazy like that, and I don't know. I mean, you can't say enough about that defense. They just they played lights out. The offense did good enough, and neither one of the turnovers really turned into much or did much for Carolina. Wade Phillips played a lights out game, and Gary Kubiak played a good game too. An offense just understanding. All right, we're just going to run the ball and let our defense protect us.
2: Yeah, I, I think both both sides, you know, definitely had their strengths and weaknesses. And I think we all kind of come to a agreement that both defenses did play a great game, uh, but it was really just at the end of the day, it was Carolina's issues, uh, turnovers, and the special teams um, miscue on the punt, on the punt coverage, was what hurt them. And I think I, you know, this, some people said this game was kind of a boring game, uh, maybe. But I like good defensive games, and and you know, you guys said it. When was the last time we had a Super Bowl that I can that we can all remember with two defenses that are this stout going against each other? Because in, in sometimes you look at some of those recent Super Bowls, you look at teams like the Patriots, the 49ers, uh, the Broncos a couple of years ago against the Seahawks. Teams that had great offenses, but the defenses weren't as stout. Now, the year St. Fran lost the Super Bowl, I think they had a pretty good defense because Harbaugh knew how to coach. Defense as well. He 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 gets good defensive players, and he has quarterbacks that make good decisions. So I that might be the exception to the rule. But was Baltimore's defense really great that year? Not really sure, you know. And you ask different people, give you different answers. So this, to me, was a great Super Bowl. Uh, you know, obviously the storyline of Manning retiring on top, assuming that this is his last game, uh, makes it that more much more interesting. So I guess my closing my closing thing on on this would be. Uh, and, you know, we can, what did you guys think about the Super Bowl overall? You know, what were your thoughts, your takeaways? And I'll give you mine, like I just said. I think this game was, was better than some people thought it was. It was a great defensive battle. Uh, one, one I, I, you know, I might not remember, you know, maybe one of those things where somebody brings it up like, yeah, I remember that game, but it's not going to be like, you know, the Saints beating the Colts or something like that where a team that has so much riding on them the whole city wins the Super Bowl. And that's not to discredit Peyton Manning at all, but I just think it was just when you think about Peyton Manning winning a super bowl, you think about him probably doing it a lot by himself or, or him in the offense. But it was the opposite. It was the defense and like I said, Manning made plays when he was supposed to. So I, I, I thought it was a great I thought it was a great Super Bowl. Uh, you know, Ryan, what do you think about the Super Bowl? How would you rate it? Um, you know, where does this st- what stood out to you in the Super Bowl? And what did you think of it as a whole?
1: Well, I mean, I th- this was, uh, this was unexciting for the casual fan, for sure. Uh, you know, the person that's not a big football fan, this is not fun to watch. Uh, which I'm sure is, that's, I think that's why you're seeing a lot of the 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 you know whatever you want to call it the blowback from this game and it being uninteresting but if you're a fan of football especially the defensive side of football i loved watching this game um it was exciting to watch uh, the the way that the defense was pretty much getting away with what they wanted and causing a lot of pressure and how many batted balls on both sides did we see i mean norman uh talib uh, harris and um, uh like i guess you saw just batted balls constantly where they were um playing the pass so well, both sides of the ball were. Um, It was a really impressive game to me, defensively, uh, you know, and and I loved watching it. I definitely don't think this will, you know, get on your your top ten or top five, uh, you know, best Super Bowls of all time or anything like that, but it's definitely not the worst we watched, um, if you remember two years ago. (laughs) That one was pretty bad, so it (laughs) it wasn't awful, and it did feel... I remember like going into the last, let's say, eight minutes or so, seven minutes, it did feel like Carolina's going to come back. And even at that point, uh, to me, it felt like uh, they're going to score here and they're going to make it interesting. It's going to be 17-16, to and then the pressure's going to be on Peyton, and can they can they march down the field. Um, but then, of course, it didn't work out that way. But it, it did still feel like that, so it's still pretty close even though the score doesn't show that uh, uh, pretty late into the game until that last score. Um, so, you know, I wasn't, uh, it didn't blow me away or anything. It wasn't bad, but it, it was, uh, it wasn't great either. But it, I mean, it was a solid game. If you love the defensive side of the ball, it was a fun watch. I, I really enjoyed this Super Bowl. I had a great time watching the game.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I'm actually, yeah, I agree with everything you just said because I, yeah, nailed it with that. To a casual fan, this game was probably the most boring thing they've ever seen since, yeah, since exactly two years ago. But for an NFL fan, yeah, man, this is a good game. It was a lot of stuff, and you know, everything on every play. Just watching Carolina, that what number one offense, just not be able to do anything. And defense wins. Off offense sells tickets. Defense wins championships and that's exactly what happened it was a good game, I I thought it was very well uh, coached on Denver's side and I just, I think Carolina was just uh, they were unexpected about what was about to happen
0: You know, part of me wants to say that this was a good game and the other part wants to say when is the Masters coming around the corner but I enjoyed watching it I I was screaming and hollering at the TV quite a bit and that's what you want in a Super Bowl when you're like, why are you doing this? why are you doing that? And all in all, the more I think about it, I think that it's fair to say that uh, Gary Kubiak brought his team into that game prepared and Ron Rivera didn't. And that's how you determine the outcome of that game. I I don't know, but like I said, we all saw the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game, and it was like, is Denver going to be able to stop Carolina? That's the biggest question. Because I think one of my talking points was if Carolina jumps on these boys early, Denver's not a team that comes back. We all saw it all year. They want to keep the game close and win it in the end, and that's exactly what happened. So, I mean, it was kind of like the close – the more time – it was like after the second half, you get into the fourth quarter and the time starts dwindling down. You kind of get the feeling that Carolina's not going to come back for the simple fact that this game was that close, and that was the kind of ball game Denver wanted. They played their hand properly, and, you know – Congrats to the Broncos. Congrats to their fans. And Carolina, you know, it's a young football team as well. They're, who's to say they're not going to be back there next year? Maybe the Seattle Seahawks. Who knows?
2: All right. Well, before uh, we wrap up the show and before Ryan talked about, he, he wanted to make something up about tomorrow night. Um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts quickly, guys, on your favorite Super Bowl commercial. I'll go with mine first. Mine was the car commercial with the David Bowie song in the background. Um, I thought it was a very touching tribute to, to David Bowie. You know, obviously, the song they used. Uh, it, it made me smile because I've always enjoyed his music. So that was my favorite commercial. Um, what about you, Ryan? What was your favorite commercial from last night, if you had one?
1: Um, I really liked the Bud Light Party one with uh, uh, what's the Seth Rogen and uh, Amy Schumer. Uh, the Bud Light uh, political party. I thought that was pretty funny.
3: I am actually going to go with the uh, the Doritos commercial. The baby, dude. <laughs> the baby was kissed. <laughs> that thing still makes me laugh. I've watched it like 10 times today, man. <laughs> yeah, that one absolutely cracks me up. I
0: I, I actually love the, the one where Seal was singing Kiss from a Rose with the Super Bowl babies. And uh, the one line that really got me was when he said something about Mother sat next to, her. father sat next to mother, and one thing led to another. And I about died when that line hit, so that was my favorite one. <laughs>
3: that
2: was funny. All right, well, Ryan, uh what did you I was, was just you, like, wow. Say, so, uh... No, go ahead, Rich, go ahead. Sorry about that.
0: Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, as soon as I saw that, I said, yep, Seal won the Super Bowl for me. That was funny. That
2: was pretty funny. That commercial. All right, Ryan. Um, before I wrap it up, you had you wanted to add
1: something. to go ahead. The floor is yours, buddy. Yeah. Um. I just wanted to add something real quick before we got off tonight. Um. I'm I sure you've heard. Uh. In, in the intro and stuff, that we're no longer with uh, Jock Journal. They they shut their doors. Um. But we're going out on our own. So we'll still be uh, are doing the show. Um. With all four of us. Wanted to give a special thanks to those, some people out there that really helped out. Uh, of course, I, I youth us I four here have been working, uh, you know, trying to make sure everything transitions well. Um, we added a, n- a new person to our staff, Tyler Myers. I want to say special thanks to him, helping out with all the special media stuff like that. Uh, and then a special thanks to all four of the ladies of the free parking show. Uh, all four of our significant others for putting up with us and wow. uh, for helping out along the way. I thought that, you know, it's definitely going to be a big transition, uh, but support, we've had a lot yeah. of help out and a lot of support. Yeah, exactly. Rich had a lot of support. So I wanted to say thanks to all of them, and, uh, and thanks for Tyler for helping out.
0: we got to do our bum and yeah, of the and Super Bowl it. still.
2: Yeah, all right. So, um... Rich, since you
0: wanted to do it, why did you go first? I'll go last. Okay, I'll go first. My actual bum of the week did not even play in the Super Bowl, but you know it just so happened that this news came out today. Johnny Manziel, sorry buddy, you get my bum of the week. How you gonna rupture your your girl's eardrum like that? Come on now. The start of the week, Wade Phillips, dude, you you won in the Super Bowl, man. That was an excellent coach game. My hat off to you.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna what go with, Ryan? uh my bum is probably gonna be Oh, go ahead, Ryan. My bad. All right, my uh, <laughs> uh my... Amos. You go Yeah, out. go, go start. for it, Amos. Go for it. Alright, alright. So my bum, I had to go with Mike Tolbert and two two fumbles. I I know the one he got back, but are you kidding me? You can't be doing that. He, what are you all of a sudden? Uh, I can't explain what, what I I don't understand. Where's the gloves? Like where's the stick up? You know? God, terrible so mad about that
0: <laughs> Damn. and then my stud
3: <laughs> dude it irritated me so bad watching him do that like are you kidding me on the biggest stage god but my stud yeah i might have to go with wade phillips too that like i want to pick a certain player but that entire uh, just amazing scheme just the entire defense anyone who had to do anything with that defense just lights out
1: yeah, my, my stud of the week is, has to be uh, John Elway for uh, putting the players together, going out and getting wear uh, to add, you know, a, a, a dangerous person opposite of, um, of Vaughn Miller, uh, you know, going out and getting guys like Chris Harris Jr. Uh, and the coaching staff that he put together. Uh, John Elway built this team uh, to make a Super Bowl run. That's exactly what they did. My bum of the week is actually also someone who did not play in the Super Bowl or a person but that stupid puppy monkey baby commercial gets my bum of the week. That thing is atrocious. That is the, I think, worst <laughs> Super Bowl commercial of all time. So it's getting my vote for worst. Effort. Al Gore's attempt to make up for a uh, man bear pig. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> I hate it. And I saw it today. And it just it enrages me now when I see it. <laughs> oh
2: man, that's funny. Well, my show of the week is going to go to uh, Wade Phillips as well uh, and DeMarcus Ware. Uh, and not to take anything away from Von Miller, but Wade Phillips endured a lot of of bad years and you know, bad times in, in Dallas because he wasn't able to coach him to a Super Bowl, and I think Jerry Jones fired him on, unfairly. And DeMarcus Ware, another former another former Cowboy, but both of them, in my opinion, Class acts great at what they do, won the Super Bowl. I'm very happy for them both. And as far as my bum of the week, it's going to go to Johnny Menzel as well. I mean, this guy can't get it right. He, I, I'm beginning to wonder if he is done in the NFL. Uh, that, that's something I, I'm going to ask you guys on Wednesday night during the game. So That's going to be one of the questions is, is Menzel, Menzel done in the NFL? But if it's true that he beat up on his girlfriend the way he did, and his dad even said something. I don't think he's going to get to his 24th birthday. He's just he's out of control. Um, he's a bum, and he he you know, he's not a very good person at all. So that's what I got to say. And uh, thanks for tonight, guys. Uh, thanks for everyone who tuned in. Uh, Amos, Ryan, and Rich. I'm proud to be on the show with you guys. And I glad we're doing this thing on our own for now. We'll, we'll see what happens. If somebody else picks us up. We don't know. But uh, you know, thanks thanks to National Geek Journal and Ben. Uh, they brought us on, you know. We, you know, and I have a lot of fun with you guys. No matter what happens, we'll always, we'll always be on the air. We, we love talking with one another about sports. Having you guys tune in, texting, and calling, and giving us your thoughts. We all really appreciate it. And uh, tomorrow night, uh, Amos and Ryan will be doing the Beards and Shears show. So, uh, do you guys have anything else to add on before we get off the air tonight?
1: Uh, yeah, we're just gonna talk about. a lot I do. Of the- I. I uh, oh, go for it. I was just gonna say. Tomorrow no, I was just night. gonna say. Okay. No, well, tomorrow night we're going to Go do ahead. a cheer show. Uh, <laughs> we're going to cover the Johnny Manziel thing, the firing of Derek Fisher, uh, all of the latest news um, uh, from around the sports uh, world. At uh, nine, 9 to 10, just like this show, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, that's what we'll be.
0: And last but not least, I still want to give my shout-outs. You know, there's some other people – Everyone at Jock Journal that participated in the show, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Also to the guests we've had on prior: Chad Koppenberger, Chuck Gaskins, Nelson Rivera. Uh, there's someone else I'm missing: uh, Delon Hargraves. Thank you guys. You guys have been remarkable. And like you said, Ryan, th- thanks to my wife. She she she's been putting up with this since August. So it, without her, it, you know, without her support and her tolerating me doing this. It, this show wouldn't be what it is today. But uh, that's my closing thoughts. And we are still in the process of hopefully getting a guest that is worth everyone's while. I will find out tomorrow. I'll even let you guys break it on the news, and you know what's going on.
2: All right, Amos, what do you got to add before we head off the air here, my man?
3: Oh, no, you got know, they did a great job. That's that, not much for me at so yeah, absolutely. Thanks for everyone who's stuck with us. Uh, shout out to all the Jock Durnal guys. And I mean, keep grinding. We're going to do the same.
2: All right, everyone, have a great night.
0: Well, there you have it. The boys were at it again. We hope you enjoyed tonight's broadcast. We hope you had a good night and stay right where you are. Another show is coming up. Y'all come back
1: now, you hear?